0: Well hey Antioch Dallas, welcome to our Sunday sermon online. I so wish that uh, we were able to be together physically today. I wish we were able to be in our facility worshiping Jesus together today. But uh, while we're apart physically, this gives us an opportunity to connect digitally. So welcome to this YouTube church uh, experience. Uh, We're going to be in the book of Philippians today. So if you need to press pause right now to go get your Bible, uh, this will help you to be able to engage with the message, engage with God's word. If everybody watching this in your house can grab a Bible, we're going to be in Philippians chapter uh, one today. Before we go there, though, I wanted to just uh, uh, speak to a certain group of people watching this video. The Lord uh, put on my heart this week particularly the entrepreneurs uh, in our city and our nation. And I know that healthcare workers are on the front lines and I want to speak to you in just a moment. But, But for entrepreneurs, just as I was praying this week, God put you on my heart. And I really believe that the Lord has gifted you and wants to move through you and through your business in such a time as this. If you're an entrepreneur, a business leader, you're self-employed, you're, you're in real estate or wherever you might be, technology, I am believing that the Lord wants to give you creative wisdom right now for the season that our nation is in. I believe that just like he gave Joseph creative wisdom in uh, the book of Genesis, just like he gave Daniel creative wisdom In the business arena, I believe the Lord wants to give you creative wisdom and solutions to be able to be salt and light in this time, to be able to use the giftings God has given you for his glory and for the good of others. And so I want to pray for you right now. So if you're watching this and you're in a family where you're an entrepreneur and your family is around you, family, I want to encourage you to pray. Uh, For the entrepreneurs right now, if you know someone that's a friend or uh, a neighbor that's an entrepreneur, I want you to press pause and send them a prayer right now because I believe the Lord wants to strengthen you in this season. So I'm going to pray for you and then we'll get to our message. Jesus, I thank you for every entrepreneur who's watching this video, every business leader, Lord, and I I know the pressure uh, that many are under, Lord. God, and I'm asking right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would release creative wisdom, vision, insight, ideas that come from heaven, solutions to problems and solutions to problems that we didn't even know we had, Lord, for your glory and the good of our nation, God. Would you empower the entrepreneurs and the small business owners The realtors, the the self-employed, the freelancers, would you empower them for business creation right now, in Jesus' name, for your glory and the good of everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're gonna be in Philippians one and I wanna talk to you today about pressure. And one of the joys of being a dad is that I get to take my kids into things from my childhood that I loved, and I get to relive them all over again. One of those things has been video games. So we bought, maybe a year ago, we bought the old school Nintendo that comes pre-programmed with Mario and Uh, Mario 2 and Mario 3 and uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, but they don't call it that anymore because I guess that licensing deal ran out, but it's that game. And all all those games has been so fun to relive my youth playing those with my kids. And uh, then on the phone as well, they've released some old school games that this has been a joy to take my kids into. One of those games uh, that I was thinking about this week is the game Sonic the Hedgehog. And in this game, if you remembered, it came out for the Sega Genesis. I didn't have one of those. I had a Nintendo. My buddy around the block had a Sega. And so if I wanted to play Sonic, I had to go over to his house to play that. And I remember playing that game as a kid and then getting to play that game on my phone with my, with my kids now, and if I'm honest, sometimes without my kids because I think it's pretty fun. And there's one level in there that's a, you're in water, and Sonic is trying to run through water, and the water level rises, and Sonic, like we all do, sinks when the water uh, arises like that, and, and there becomes this timer that comes onto the screen in the midst of the pressure that he's under, the water pressure that's around him, a uh, um, fixed amount of time that he has to catch a breath. And the only way you can catch a breath is either to climb up out of the water or they release air bubbles from time to time from these small little plants that are in the water. And if you catch an air bubble that's big enough, (gasps) Sonic can breathe and you can breathe. And as I was thinking about this week, I think in many ways, so many of us are feeling the pressure from all of the chaos and confusion with the coronavirus around us. We have pressure that we're thinking about, about our health, our finances, our families, our parents, our kids, our jobs, our workplace, our city, our nation, our world. Just so much uncertainty and so much pressure pressing in on us and pressing down honest. And we're looking for, man, I just need some place to breathe. I just need some air bubble big enough to take a deep breath to help me keep going in the midst of the pressure. Because we're uncertain about when is that pressure going to be over. And I don't bring this up to stir up anxiety or fear. I'm actually a very hopeful as we look to God's word about an air bubble, a source of air for all of us to help us breathe in the midst of the pressure. Just right where you are. Take a deep breath. To take a deep breath of fresh air in the midst of the pressure that would strengthen you and help you to navigate the challenges that are in front of all of us. Uh, for some of you, that pressure is unique because you feel like, man, it feels like every day is Groundhog's Day. It's the same thing over and over and over and over again. What day of the week is it? Uh, you, you introverts, I don't know if you've gotten tired of all the introvert time, um, but I know a lot of the extroverts that I speak to, you're you're going stir crazy of like I just want to go out and be with. People, right? And if you're a student, you're trying to figure out online school and want to go hang out with your friends and might be a little bored where you are. All sorts of pressure. Well, the scripture that we're going to look at uh, was written by the apostle Paul. We started here uh, last week. It's a letter that Paul, this uh, early church father, this uh, this leader in the early church, an apostle, wrote to some friends at a church in a city called Philippi, and the book thus is called Philippians. And Paul, like I shared last week, he is in the midst of his own chaos and confusion because he's found himself, instead of having this free-ranging ministry where he could travel about and meet with people and plant churches and see God do miraculous things, he finds himself in jail. He's locked up. He is on the original quarantine. And what you may not know about his time in jail, I told you a little bit about last week, but I'm going to take you a little bit into it more today. he, He was in jail not for a day or two days. In fact, some scholars believe that he was in jail for around four and a half years. And it wasn't like he had a definitive sentence of you are sentenced for this crime and you will spend this much amount of time in jail. No, he was in jail indefinitely. And each day when he woke up, uh, one of a few things could happen. Today could be the day where he got the verdict that he was able to go free. That was a very real possibility. Another possibility that could happen would be the verdict would come down that he was going to have to pay for with his life for crimes that he supposedly committed. So could go one way, I could be let out, I could face another way, I could die today. Or he could continue on with no answer, with no verdict, with no news and just stay in the same place that day and the next day and the next day. Can you imagine if you were in his shoes, the amount of pressure and anxiety that you would be feeling in the midst of all that uncertainty? And he's writing this letter from that jail, waiting, not knowing if today's the day I die or today's the day I get free, or today's just another day that I sit here, right? And he's writing this letter, he's writing these words to his friends in Philippi who are also under pressure. They're under pressure of persecution for choosing to follow Jesus, to say Jesus is Lord, not Caesar is Lord. And so they're facing social ostracism. They're facing loss of income and job challenges and just they're facing their own pressure. And Paul writes to them and he's talking about how he is navigating the pressure that he's in. He's talking about an air bubble, a source of air, a source of breath that he's found that he wants his friends in Philippi to know about. That's helping him navigate the pressure that he's in and will help the Philippians navigate the pressure that they're in. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, God wants to speak to you and to me, regardless of how old you are. He wants to speak to you today through these words to give you fresh air in the midst of the pressure that we're all dealing with. Philippians 1, Paul's writing, he says, you know, it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition. So we're a couple of verses in and he's already mentioned Christ twice. Now, as we keep going, I want you to tune your ear and listen for how many more times in this short passage of scripture, he says the name Christ. He says, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of that, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed But will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So Paul is talking about the pressure that he's in in jail. He's talking about that people are preaching about Jesus, some from pure motives, wanting to see the gospel go forward, some from false motives, thinking this is going to stir up trouble for Paul. And you were talking about a new source of pressure. I can't even imagine. And yet over and over and over again as he's talking about this, I, I would be throwing a pity party. I would be feeling sorry for myself. I would be complaining. I would be saying, whoa, It's me. What Paul is talking about over and over and over and over again is Christ. That it's through Christ and Paul's relationship with Jesus Christ that he's finding air to breathe. So that in the midst of the pressure, what he's able to say is, hey, whether I live, it's going to be about Jesus And if I die, I'm gonna go to be with Jesus. He's got a place of peace and a place of life in the midst of the type of pressure that would drive all of us crazy. But he's found a place to breathe. He's found an air bubble to breathe. And I like to think about this as, as one response to pressure that helps us to breathe is reaching up to Christ, reaching up to Jesus extending our hands, extending our eyes, extending our hearts, and looking to our relationship with Christ. And in him, we find the resource and the air that we need to breathe. Paul had a revelation of the majesty of Jesus Christ. And that revelation of Christ's majesty and Christ's presence with him helped him get through the pressure that he was in by reaching up. Now, when we just read Christ, we might be like, well, okay, I kind of get that at an idea. But but honestly, if I'm, if I'm really honest, I don't know. Maybe that's Paul. Maybe that's like the superhero of the faith. I don't know that that's me. Like I'm a normal person and I, I just am not... I don't know what he's talking about. That just doesn't work in that way for me. But what I wanna do is I actually believe this is exactly for you and for all of us, that I believe that Jesus is so good that if we will look to him and we will focus on him and we'll commune with him, that we will all find from the Green Beret Christian to you just came to Christ yesterday, that we'll all find the air that we need to breathe in the midst of the pressure as we reach up in Philippians chapter 2, just fast forward or flip over there in your, in your Bible, one chapter over, Paul begins to give his own kind of worship song about the majesty of Jesus. It's one of the most famous passages of scripture in the Bible. And I was thinking about our time together. I knew that I wanted to share this message with you, but even more than sharing these words with you, what I wanted this time to be was an opportunity for you, right where you are, to take a deep breath of the presence of Jesus and to meet with him and to commune with him this morning. And I can think of no better thing, uh, no better place for us to go than Philippians 2, which Paul is about to get into as he begins to speak about the majesty and breathtaking beauty of Jesus. Philippians 2, verse 6, Paul talking about Jesus says, "Who Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used, To his own advantage. So, first stanza in this incredible passage describing Jesus, Paul takes us back before created history. And he takes us into the the Genesis, he takes us way back. And he said, Before all of us, Jesus existed. And he existed in the very form of God. Jesus is God. And he said, being God, he did not consider his position, his authority, his power as something to be used to his own advantage. Right. But he made himself nothing, verse says, by taking the very nature of a servant. Now, you may not realize this, but what Paul is referencing right here are the opening pages of Scripture. He's referencing Adam, who was made in the image of God but considered that his position as an image bearer was to be leveraged for his own good. He ate of the forbidden fruit because he wanted to be like God. But here is Jesus who said, you know what, I'm not using my privilege for that. I'm going to use my privilege. What what God looks like looks very, very different. That he made himself nothing by taking the nature of, of a servant. So God, who is the rightful king, becomes or uh, is a servant. He takes on the nature of a servant. He's made into human likeness. And now Paul is recounting the incarnation of Jesus that Jesus came, God was skin on, took on flesh, took on our very nature, took on the form of a servant. And being found in appearance as a man, he not only uh, humbled himself to come, but then as a human, he humbles himself even more and becomes obedient to the point of death. He gives up his life to serve And not just any type of death. This isn't a death on the battlefield with all this glory. It was a shameful death. Death on the cross. The God of all the universe, the majestic one, demonstrated his majesty before us by putting on human flesh, by coming to serve and to wash feet and to give his life as a ransom for many. To endure the pain and the shame of the cross for you and for me. And then he goes on to say, Therefore, God the Father exalted him to the highest place and gave Jesus that name that is above every name, the most majestic name there is, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth because Jesus is so worthy and every tongue would acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, that this is what God is like, that God is one who comes to serve, to seek, to save, to give his life as a ransom for many, for you and for me to the glory of God the Father. So, we've just gone into Paul's worship song. Some believe this is one of the most, uh, the, the earliest Christian hymns that we know about, that it might have even been sung at early communion uh, ceremonies. And I want us to stop right here. And what I want you to do is take this passage of Scripture and I want you to read it slowly. And I want you to read it as I taught you a few weeks ago in our Hosting the Presence of God series. I want you to look for what's sweet in this passage. I want you to let the Holy Spirit speak something to you. There's gonna be a word or a phrase that just as you read it slowly, it's just gonna arrest your attention. It may not be dramatic, but there'll be something there. And I wanna encourage you just to sit with that, not to gain new information, but to turn your attention to the presence of Jesus Christ himself with you right where you are in your house, in your apartment, in your car, on your run, wherever you're taking the sin, in the midst of the pressure, his presence is with you. And as we reach up to him, you'll find the air that Paul was talking about that he was encouraging the Philippians to talk about that God has for you and me. So press pause and do this and just spend some time here. And then when it seems right, press play again and we'll look at the second half of this passage. Such a powerful time just to be in the presence of the Lord and to get filled up on him, to breathe in the midst of the pressure. And so Paul's writing, he's talking to the Philippians about, hey, I'm reaching up and I'm finding air in Christ. And then he goes on to say, uh, not only is he reaching up, but he's doing something else that the breath that he's taking in gives him power to do something else in the midst of the pressure. Let's look at it. Verse 22, he says, look, if I go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, right? Because he knows he might die here. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, right? We just talked about how awesome Jesus is, which is better for me by far, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and your joy in the faith. So get this, he's saying that what I desire is to go and to be with Jesus. But what I realize is needed is that you need help to grow and to progress in the faith. And so just as Jesus chose to serve Paul was choosing to put aside his own desire of putting himself first and, like Jesus, to put others before himself, to consider others more significant than he, to become a servant like his master was a servant. Here Paul is talking about an invitation to participation. Turn to whoever you're watching this with and say, you've got an invitation to participation because Paul's relationship with Christ was not just something that he was a passive observer in, but he realized that Jesus had invited him to enter into the way of the master, to enter into the way of the cross. And just as Jesus became a servant that Paul was invited in as an apprentice to the rabbi to become a servant and to give his life in the same way that Jesus had spent his life as a servant. And Paul is commending the Philippians. He's going to go on to say, I want you to have this same mindset in you because as we reach up in the midst of the pressure, there's also air for us to reach out to others, to reach up. And to reach out, this invitation to participate in the life and the ministry and the story of Jesus. And that's available for us in the midst of this pressure. If we will look like Paul is looking to say, you know what, I want to follow Jesus and I want to give my life as a servant to others for the glory of God. This invitation to participation, this reaching out in the midst of the pressure. And I've been so encouraged as I've heard different ones of you and the way that you are fleshing this out within our church, the way that you're reaching up to Christ and the way that you're reaching out to others. I want to tell you a few stories that I heard about this week of people reaching out of saying, hey, Things are so crazy right now and my schedule is completely out of whack and I've got all this pressure, but you know what? I can serve because Jesus served. Uh, One story that I heard this week um, is a family painted rocks with little inspirational messages. Like this one says, I love you from Jesus. Little rocks, hope you're gonna make it. You're a light. These types of little messages, paint, colors, rocks, and they went around their neighborhood and they just placed them in different people uh, at their, you know, at the front of their yard. Just little messages of hope along the sidewalk that people would see as they were going about their day. And they thought, man, this is just something that we can do, right, to serve others, to be an encouragement to others, to be a light in the midst of a dark time. They didn't really think they'd ever hear anything about it. Well, later on that day, uh, they were on the Nextdoor app for their neighborhood, and they found that people were talking about these rocks, these little rays of hope, these messages of encouragement that they were seeing around the neighborhood. And people were genuinely touched and moved by it. And they were so moved by it that it ended up making its way into the Lake Highlands magazine the story about these rocks of encouragement and people talking about how much it blessed them and how this family just set out to do what Paul is talking about here, to live in the way of Jesus, say, hey, we want to reach up and we want to reach out. And here's one simple thing we can do. And it made an incredible impact. I heard of others of you uh, thinking about this time and in the midst of all the needs that's all around, thinking about, man, I wonder if the homeless are being forgotten about. So I've heard people taking and passing out lunches and passing out uh, the care packages and going to serve at homeless ministries uh, just as a way in the midst of the pressure to serve others. That's so awesome. I I heard of others saying, You know, we can't meet with people, but we're gonna take time to wait on the Lord, to pray and ask God to speak a word of encouragement for someone else and taking time to send texts and Facebook messages and Instagram messages and just sending out encouragements and building people up. I know another group of roommates that said, okay, we want to love our neighbors during this time and they put together bars of soap with little messages of of introduction and encouragement. And they went around and passed them out to their neighbors uh, while maintaining the appropriate social distancing, right? And one neighbor said, I've lived in this neighborhood for over 30 years and this is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for me. I love it. Reaching up to Christ, reaching out to others, reaching up and reaching out, reaching up and reaching out. And as we do that, as we enter into what Paul was doing, what he was calling the Philippians to do, what Jesus has done for all of us, as we enter into that, what we find is the air that we need to breathe in the midst of the pressure. So I uh, am so excited about the way that we are living this out, the way that you are living this out. And I want you to know, I hope that our time right now has been a a breath of fresh air to you as we've reached up to Christ in worship and the Word. But I know that you need that breath of fresh air each and every day. And so I just want to remind you about our our website, BeWithJesus.me that includes resources on there to help you each day this week take time to breathe and to meet with Jesus and to encounter him. So I want to encourage you, if you're struggling or not sure what to do, I want to encourage you to go there and to use those resources to help you meet with Jesus each day this week. And we're organizing as a community, I know so many of you have been doing it on your own, which is awesome. In life groups, which is awesome, but we're organizing some things as a community to help us all reach out to others. And so, one that I want to tell you about I know that healthcare workers, you are on the front lines, right? You're working in an ER or a hospital or a doctor's office or wherever, and you're working lots of extra hours. We know and we see the pressure that you're under. And we want to get behind you, and we want to get behind your coworkers. And so if you'll go to our website, there's a little button on there that you can click and what we'd like to do as the church, we would like to buy a meal for all the workers on your floor or on your shift or on your team as you're working in the midst of the pressure, just as a way for you to be fed and a way for you to let the people that you know, whether they go to our church or not, doesn't, that's not the point. It's just to express the love of Christ and to reach out to others. And so if you'll go there on our website and put in your information, we'll reach out to you. And all week long, we want to be giving away meals to teams that are working in the healthcare industry fighting against the coronavirus just as a way that we as a community can reach out. So today, when you do your online giving, when you give your tithe or your offering, you can know that a portion of that money is going to provide meals for people on the front lines of the healthcare corona crisis, just as a way to reach out. And we're gonna be doing other things as a community, uh, not just as individuals, not just as life groups, but all together over the coming weeks. And I'm excited to see us do that. And I'm excited to see us respond by reaching up and reaching out in the midst of the pressure. Now, you might be watching this video and you're like, wow, I, I just, I realize when you're talking about Christ, I don't have that type of relationship with Jesus. I may know about him, a friend may have given me this link, I might be watching this, you know, and just kind of taking it all in. What I want you to know is that Jesus is more than just an idea, a philosophy, or a historical figure. He is the God of the universe and he wants to come into your life and come into your heart and give you the peace and the air and the love and the hope and the forgiveness that you and I, that we all need, that we're all desperate for. And so if you're watching this and you're like, man, this uh, time in life and all these pressures and as I've listened to these words of scripture, I want to start that relationship with Jesus. I want to take time with you to pray a short prayer because I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you so much. He created you for a life full of him, full of love for others, a place to flourish. But mankind, all of us, we've turned from God. We've chosen sin. We've chosen to go our own way. And that sin has led us into death. But God loved us so much. He came in Jesus. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross for your sin and mine. He rose again on the third day to give us new life. And he holds that forgiveness and new life out to anyone. Whosoever would ask. Whosoever would turn. Whosoever would turn to him. And that's what I want to lead you in today. So we're going to say a short prayer. And the words of this prayer are important, but what's more important is what's in your heart. And so if you don't get them all right, that's okay. God sees your heart. And if that's you, if you want to make Jesus Lord, if you need his gift of salvation in your life, I want to invite you to close your eyes and pray this prayer with me. Jesus, you're awesome. Jesus, you're amazing. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you that you rose again on the third day to give me new life. I repent of going my own way. And I choose to follow you this day and every day forward. Come into my life with your peace, with your love, and with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: See